0: Every Wednesday at this time, we uh, play politics, playing politics with the editorial board at the Star Tribune on the Chad Hartman Show. Adam in for Chad on this Wednesday. Timely as applications today for the uh, hero pay, the frontline worker pay that was Obviously long overdue, but that was one of the things accomplished in the last legislative session as we bring John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board in. And, John, that was one of the accomplishments, but at the time when they signed that, they said, oh, you know, we got just a couple other deals we need to get done, and maybe we'll have a sport, short special session, and nothing has seemed uh, to happen since then. Where are we at in terms of the governor and legislative leaders agreeing and trying to get this other stuff done? Do you think it's going to happen?
1: Well, first and foremost, just real quickly, and I'll jump to the question. Congratulations to you and to Jordana on the naming of your new program. And we certainly will be listening and wishing you well. Thank you. um, Appreciate CCO. Absolutely. And regarding the governor, I think that um, he clearly wants to advance this. Democrats in the legislature want to advance it. It's Republicans who are recalcitrant. Partly because they don't agree on policy, and that's partly what is supposed to be hashed out during the regular legislative session, but partly because the Republicans are rolling the dice for the upcoming campaign and November election, in that they think they have a legitimate chance, and they clearly do, to sweep all three the House, the Senate, which they already control and to take the governor's office from Governor Walls, And then they would be sitting on a significant amount of money and be able to push their priorities, which would be more tilted toward tax cuts than some of the spending priorities and investment priorities that the DFL has at this point. They may come together in particular. This is something, Adam, we have written about, many have commented on. There is a significant amount of federal money that is contingent on the legislature passing a, you know, special session bill where there would be some commensurate matching from the federal government coming out of the huge infrastructure bill that Congress passed. And for those who think, well, we probably shouldn't be spending that anyway, the government is in debt. They may be quite right about that, but this money is going to be spent. question is, is it going to be in Minnesota or Mississippi or Maine or somewhere else? And, Many states are lining up already to get their allotted share with expenditures that their state is willing to do. And if Minnesota passes on this, it'll get passed on to another state. So that clearly might be an incentivizing factor for legislators.
0: Putting some uh, both uh, Republicans for sure in some uh, compromising positions saying, you know, this money would benefit our state at the same time, uh, saying, well, this is, you know, taxpayer money from the federal government anyway.
1: Well, in effect, what they're saying, you know, many of their supporters will believe and most Americans should realize that we are in an unsustainable debt path and that something has to happen about that. And clearly there's a lot of evidence that some of this federal spending is part of the complex equation on inflation that's bedeviling not just the U.S., but the world at this point. And so you know there are reasons to believe that the fed federal government and the american taxpayers shouldn't be advancing all this money all at once but that being said the bill is passed it got passed on a bipartisan basis in congress one of the few accomplishments on what president biden wanted to do when he campaigned for the office the money is in the process of being spent and will be spent but if we don't adhere to our end of the bargain it'll be reallotted to another state. So not getting it doesn't mean that it's not spent. So if voters are fundamentally opposed to more government infrastructure spending, and again, most aren't, and in fact, most in Congress weren't, including Mitch McConnell and many Republicans who backed this bill, because it's going to things that are fundamental that the government does, like roads and bridges and other infrastructure needs. The key will be, Getting the legislature to move forward in a special session, that's the leverage politically that Governor Walz has. But until it's agreed upon, it's just not happening.
0: In uh, the wake of the awful uh, shooting in Uvalde, Texas, we see like the state of New York passing laws restricting uh, the purchase of AR-15s uh, of anyone under the age of 21. Is there any appetite right now in the state of Minnesota for any real kind of uh, changes in gun laws?
1: Certainly among Governor Walls and DFLers, there may be a few particularly suburban Republicans who may be in districts where they feel that that's a safe decision. But in general, what has happened nationally is mirrored in Minnesota in that Republicans, particularly in safe districts, perhaps fear more that their constituents are not with them on this or it'll eventually, if not in this cycle, you know, in the next one bring a primary challenge that they might lose from those who are much more proponents of the Second Amendment on Second Amendment issues. And so there doesn't seem to be a setup on on moving on anything like that. That being said, Adam, I'm sure you've been compelled just as a journalist to see how much attention continues to be on this issue, including a very emotive speech by Matthew McConaughey, which. Many might say, you know, what does a Hollywood actor have to do with this? Um, the actor was an activist, considered running for governor, and is actually from Uvalde, Texas. That's where he grew up. And then in particular today, just the horrifying story of a fourth grade girl who tragically had to cover herself in her friend's blood awful. and yeah. lay among absolutely awful. No matter where anyone is on the gun issue, everyone, you know, feels that this this is just a horrible 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 tragedy that we have got to stop here in America. So, yes, I think the national gun conversation will continue. President Biden seems to be hearkening back to his Senate days, trying to find some bipartisan solution, even if it's nowhere near what many Democrats would hope it's at least progress. And that would transcend, you know, every state. So, That might be the action that we see here in Minnesota, as opposed to a specific state change in our gun laws.
0: On the national conversation, you know, it happens. It's just it's like clockwork. Uh, We have a tragedy like this. We have uh, people on Capitol Hill saying we're close. We can get something done right now. And then it seems to go nowhere. And the conversation gets quiet again until the next one happens. Is that happening now?
1: Well, two things. Um, Nothing, thank goodness, we all would agree, has happened on the scale of Uvalde, both in terms of the amount of victims and, so tragically, the age of the victims. But as you and our listeners know, there have been several mass shootings since Uvalde, um, including several just last weekend. So it continues to happen on a pace of nearly one a day. And so, you know, that hasn't really accelerated these conversations And, you know, what happens is the debate seems to be circular in that Republicans in particular, uh, congressionally, have been focusing on mental health issues. And I think they're quite right that that is at the root of a lot of this and is something that needs to be addressed. But many of those same representatives come from states where Republican governors, in Texas in particular, moved to cut funding for mental health within their states. So, you know, that doesn't seem to be you know, a more immediate solution. And certainly that, while that will help, and I think is part of the equation, you know, there also has to be actionable aspects of this in that when people are determined to have mental health issues, the so-called red flag laws probably need to be bolstered in terms of being able to make sure that these individuals don't get weaponry. Now, another aspect of this, I don't anticipate any immediate action, but there seems to be a little bit more traction on the discussion, Adam, about age in that, you know, you, can, you have to be 21 years old to buy a beer or a cigarette, as you know, but you can be 18 and buy an AR-15. And so many have pointed out that that's something that there could be some reformation on. And so it wouldn't surprise me if that got a little bit of push in some states, if not nationally as well.
0: Playing politics with the Star Tribune's John Rash from the editorial board every Wednesday. He's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. Uh, I nearly cried when I filled up my car with gas recently as gas prices uh, continue to spike. Obviously, that is a big problem for President Biden, as many people uh, putting that squarely on at his feet. How big of an issue is it here in the state and how big of a problem is it for Governor Walls?
1: I think it's a huge issue everywhere and it's because it's a big problem for President Biden, it'll be an issue for Governor Walls. Not that Governor Walls has any immediate impact on this. It's far removed, whether it would have, you know, regardless of who would have been in the governor's mansion in terms of affecting the price of gasoline here in the state of Minnesota. But of course, they're from the same party, and Governor Walls is, is and continues to be a big backer of President Biden. And many of these, many people are, are laying these problems. At the Democrats because it's happening during a Democratic administration. Certainly some of the decisions the Biden administration has made have contributed to this complex puzzle, but there are so many other factors, most certainly the war in Ukraine and the necessary pushback against importing Russian oil, not just in this country, but more astoundingly in Europe, which it was so heavily dependent on Russian energy and basically a rebound in the global economy while uh, oil production hadn't commensurately been ramped up with the big decline that happened at the beginning of the pandemic. So this is multifactorial and very unfortunately for you and everyone shedding tears at the gas pump. And I certainly relate to that as all Minnesotans do. um, This doesn't appear that it's going to be solved anytime soon. So my sense is, is that politically, this will hang into in there well into the midterms and maybe even into the presidential race in 2024.
0: Short time left here, but my last question for you, John, as an observer of media to uh, the January 6th, hearings begin tomorrow. Fox News choosing not to carry those live. Um, are these hearings going to change anybody's mind as to what happened on January 6th?
1: If people watch them, I think they clearly might change some minds. The minds that need to be changed are people who are uninterested or people who are convinced and certainly have been told um, to reject the whole idea of the panel and the investigation. And, you know, that's been the partisan split here and pushed by President Trump, many of his supporters still in Congress and by Fox News, um, you know, which has in effect voted not just with their commentators, you know, calling it, as Sean Hannity did yesterday, a fake, in in effect, this this whole process, but deciding not to run them in prime time, which is an extraordinary journalism decision, and instead have their conservative commentators, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingraham, go forward with their programs. And they also are not going to push the hearings on their affiliates. Affiliates can choose to run it if they do, if they want to. But my sense is many won't want to, especially because they might be able to counter program with more commercial slots, with entertainment programming or, you know, something that that might have more appeal for people trying to get away from the hearing. So, you know, it, it may change some minds. That being said, you know, Watergate started out this way in the respect of people clearly had their partisan positions and it wasn't looked at as by many as that big of a deal. And as the hearings went on and as the news coverage intensified, that did, the history shows, change a lot of opinions here in this country.
0: John, thank you for the time. I appreciate it as always. Thank you, Edna. You bet. John Rash from the Star Tribune's editorial board. It's playing politics every Wednesday on the Chad Hartman Show. 150, your text coming in, 651-461-9226. More after this.